You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? It is your host, Matt Labrie, and you are rocking with us here on the Decoding Success Podcast, bringing to you yet another absolutely amazing individual. In just a little bit, we're going to introduce this individual to all of you that are tuned in right now. But before doing that, I want to make sure that I express my gratitude to you for being here with us today, being a part of the Decoding Success faithful community. And if you are new to the show, I want to welcome you. And you've most definitely picked a great episode to tune into because today we are bringing to you a champion and not just any ordinary champion we are bringing to you a super bowl winning champion in fact super bowl 50 with the denver broncos today's guest on decoding success is ryan harris best-selling author and 10-year veteran of the nfl as mentioned he became a super bowl champion in 2015 after winning super bowl 50 alongside peyton manning with the denver broncos he has also played for the houston texans kansas city chiefs and pittsburgh steelers before retiring in 2016. These days, you can catch Ryan on Notre Dame football broadcast, Altitude TV, his weekday radio show in Denver, the Fantasy Football Hour, hit him up for all your fantasy needs, CBS4 Denver, and more. Ryan speaks across the nation about leadership, mindset, and financial literacy, and you want to know what? He's bringing all of his experiences, his insights, his wisdom, his knowledge to this show right here, and I'm really, really excited for us to dive into this in just a little bit. But before doing that, I want to ask of you to do us a favor in a way, show us your gratitude back. If you are tuned in from an Apple device or honestly any device at this point, we would absolutely love a rating and review. We want to hear from our community members. We want to know who you want to hear on the show. We want to know how we can continuously bolster and improve the show because we're not at the best level we can be at and we are continuously striving to get there and we can't do it without your feedback. So with that said, we want to bring this show. This is all for you. We want to bring this show to the absolute top and we are climbing that mountain. We are getting there and because of amazing guests just like Ryan Harris who we're bringing to you today and of course the many others that we've been bringing to you over the course of our one year. Yes, we have made it to one year which is absolutely incredible. We hit our one year mark last week and if you're tuning into this now, you know, we are really grateful to have you rocking with us for this period of time. So like I said, it would mean the absolute world to us if you could drop us a rating and review, especially if you are tuned in from Apple, uh, any Apple device, iTunes, that is where you could leave that rating and review and it would mean the absolute world to us. You don't even have to stop listening to this episode before leaving that review. You could just literally scroll up, hit the however many stars you want to give us, drop us your honest, your genuine, your authentic feedback and let us know how we can continue to bolster this show. So now, without further ado, we bring to you Super Bowl champion, Ryan Harris. Ryan, first and foremost, man, I want to express my gratitude. I know you are a busy man, so thank you for taking the time out of your day to make an impact here on Decoding Success. Hey, man, I love your podcast. Thanks for having me, Matt, and uh, thanks for making the pieces of success accessible for others. I definitely appreciate that, and that's a great way to kick off the show. I have a question for you. That This is how we kick off every episode. I have to know, Ryan, how do you personally define success? My success comes from finding joy in what I do every day while fulfilling to the fullest my priorities. And mine are family, uh, financial freedom, and impact. So if I'm having joy while also doing that every day, that's success, brother. And when Notre Dame wins, when Notre Dame wins, yeah, as a broadcaster, it's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you, you know, to that point, how do you find yourself always staying on track or at least getting yourself back on track if you're ever off of it? Because, you know, it's, it's rather difficult to even balance all of that stuff when it comes to the family, when it comes to the finances, so on and so forth. So I'm curious, how do you find yourself, you know, maintaining that definition of success? Well, I'm glad you mentioned something there. How do you get back on it, right? Because the truth is, is I'm not always on the path to success, right? I'll, I'll oversleep sometimes or I won't sleep enough some days that will affect me. Um, but really, the, the biggest thing for me has been learning how to recognize distractions. Who's a distraction? What's a distraction? When are certain things a distraction, you know? And identifying that was key in my NFL career. And also key in my in my in my broadcasting and speaking career after football. It's so important to recognize who's worth your time, who's not worth your time. 
what is something that you love doing, but maybe you need to cut back on, you know, I love going to the beach, but when I'm in the middle of the broadcasting season with Notre Dame and the, and everything going on in the NFL, it's tough to actually go and go to the beach. So knowing those things about yourself is, is really useful. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. Now I have to ask you, how do you feel like someone should, you know, someone listening right now, how would they identify what a distraction is? Does it come down to understanding your core values, things of that nature? You know, what would you say there? Well, you know, one way to do it is to remove yourself from a situation that, you know, uh, and, and one of the things for me in the NFL, I had people who always wanted tickets. Hey, can I, can I get tickets? Hey, can I get tickets? And then when I left the Denver Broncos after four years and, the, and went to the Kansas City Chief, or Houston Texans, about 99% of the people that I was trying to fill my time with and make happy didn't even, didn't even reach out and call. Didn't even see how I was. I mean, that's easy for me, but a lot of people don't have that experience. So the, at the end of the day, to recognize a distraction, who adds to your energy who distracts from your energy? And it's not about, and, you know, it's not about necessarily like, you know, you know, people right now, when you talk to them, it's really not, it just doesn't do something for you. And you have to be selfish. You have to be selfish. If you want to be successful, you're going to be lonely at times, but that's okay. I mean, I was in college and I said no to a lot of parties. Why? I wanted to go to the type of parties you go to after you win a Super Bowl. Hey, it's fun to go to a party in college. Don't get me wrong. But let me tell you about going to Las Vegas with 20 dudes who are millionaires after you win a Super Bowl. I mean, there's different levels to it. And being able to recognize what level of success you want to have and who is in that level, what are they doing? Are they spending their time on Instagram all the time? Are they spending their time not reading and learning? So you've got to find out where you want to be successfully. And then what are the people who are in that space doing? Right. I couldn't agree more. I definitely want to get into that NFL career in just a little bit. But before we do that, I want to backtrack quite a few years to Ryan Harris in, let's say, ninth grade. How is he back then defining success? Is it the same way you just defined it as finding joy in the things that you're doing aligned with the family, financial freedom and so on? Or was it a little bit different? Oh, it's totally different, man. And that's a great question. I just want to try everything, man. You know, I wanted to see uh, when it came to football, for example, what I could do, how great could I be? When it came to school, what can I do? What interests me? And I was always curious. And, and I never took somebody's, I never took somebody's word as that's the way it is. You know, if I'd have done that, I never would have left St. Paul, Minnesota, where I'm from, because everything I needed was right there, according to many of the people around me. Same thing in the NFL. I mean, I had there are over 1,600 players in the NFL this year, but only 53 will call themselves champions. The difference is recognizing distractions and the difference is trying new things, continuing to learn. I learned every single year when I got to college at Notre Dame, still willing to learn about being a football player, about being an athlete, about being a good person, continuing to learn when I'm in the NFL and continuing to learn afterwards. So you have to be willing to find out what you can do. When I was younger, success to me was just trying new things, things that I didn't know about and forming my own opinion. I love that mindset, you know, that, that very much so open mindset. And I, I'm going to kind of skip here and then go back. I mean, I have to ask you now that you've become an author, you're speaking, so on and so forth, you're in broadcast. Do you feel like uh, that mindset continued post uh, NFL career? Or was that something that you knew back in the day that you wanted to do? Um, even it, God forbid, you know, if you didn't make the NFL, was that something that you always wanted to do? You know, so it's a great question because I get asked it a lot. I had no idea I, I would love speaking and broadcasting. I really didn't. I, I didn't know I'd be good at either. And, and again, you, it goes to that willingness we're talking about. I was willing to not have the answers. And, and I realized from my time in the NFL, whether it was leaving it, it, on two hours notice for a tryout and then having to go to Walmart to get underwear because I just didn't pack enough for the trip, I've always been willing to do something without knowing the answers. And so many of us want the answers. Hey, is going to this class going to pay off? Is going to this meeting going to pay off? Is building this relationship going to pay off? We don't get to know the answers. And I couldn't have done anything to prepare myself for being the broadcaster and speaker that I am today because I didn't know that's what I wanted to do. But I know I wanted to learn. And just the other day, man, I was driving. I flew into Detroit for the Notre Dame-Michigan game to call that one on radio. And I'm sitting there with some pilots. And I said, hey. Tell me about when we're going to cut down on this, you know, travel time. It just took me three and a half hours to get to Denver, from, get to Detroit from Denver. They said, well, actually, Lockheed Martin's going to be introducing a commercial airliner that goes at over Mach 1 speed, which will cut travel time down in half. Wow. Great thing I asked that question. Great thing I learned. 
And now maybe if that's a stock I want to purchase or those information that I can use, that's innovation, an example of innovation when everybody else thought you couldn't go above Mach 1 because of the sound it made. Well, Lockheed Martin found a way to diffuse the sound. You know, what creativity did I learn from just that conversation, asking just one question? And those opportunities are around us every day. Exactly, exactly. I love it. So, Ryan, when did you start playing football? I, I know you played in high school in St. Paul. Um, did you, you know, I mean, I played baseball and basketball. We call it a quote-unquote little league. I don't know if that's the same way to refer to football, but was your career starting before high school or tell me there? Yeah, just just before high school. So I didn't start playing until the eighth grade, and uh, I loved playing baseball. Played that even my freshman year, but had trouble hitting curveballs and staying in the batter's box more than that when a curveball came. So hats off to you, Matt. Um, but I just – I had a good I had good coaches around me, and I had parents that didn't push me. You know, um, so many kids that I played with in college were absolutely done with football because their kid, their parents had them playing football at the age of six, seven, or eight. It's a lot of time to be playing a sport. And it's one of the things that, you know, I live in Colorado. I'd love to see the state of Colorado make sure that there's no contact football before the age of 13. You have so much time to explore when you're young. And if it was, if I had just focused on football, I wouldn't have wrestled, which is one of my favorite sports to this day learned a lot about being independent, about being successful and, and conditioning myself and how to throw somebody to the ground. These are all things that are important. So, yeah, I didn't start football until I was 14, and uh, I, I was the first chance that I had to be useful as a chubby kid, and in that way, football loved me first. <laughs> so let me ask you this. You know, you started playing at 14. What age were you when you realized, like, you said to yourself, or maybe someone else said it to you, maybe it was a coach or maybe it was someone's parent, your parents, whatever the case is, when you realized that you could, quote, unquote, make it, you know, was, was that even the dream at the time of when you started playing? I had no concept of the reality of college football. My biggest idea when I got to high school, my buddies still made fun of me for it. They're like, yeah, remember in high school, you said, hey, let's get really good and play for the Gophers, which Gophers are now undefeated in the Big Ten, right? But it's it's one of those things where we were, I was playing with some very good players. Joe Maurer, who became a, a baseball player eventually, was the quarterback, and we were in the state championship, and, and an interception was thrown at the end of the game, and I saw a player take off running. And I just took off running in the direction I thought he was going. I couldn't see him because his whole sideline looked just like him and they were running with him. And then eventually about three yards out, I caught up to this defensive back. And after I threw him to the ground, I thought, man, did I just catch somebody a hundred pounds lighter than me? Like I might be okay at football. And then uh, I got a scholarship offer my junior year from Iowa. And I thought, whoa, somebody thinks I can play football. And uh, that was just the beginning. So I was always just focused on being the best that I could be and letting things come to me. And I I look at it and I came from a letter that I'd sent to the skateboard company back in the day, Senate, because I said, I'm going to send a letter to them. Hey, my friends and I want to get sponsored by you. What can we do? They actually sent a letter back, but in the letter they said, Hey, listen, we actually choose people that we sponsor. So just work on your craft. And if you're good enough, we'll find you. That kind of always stuck with me, right? I can't try and solicit myself. But if I'm good enough and I focus enough, there's going to be enough good things that are going to go my way. And I tried new things. I went to Miami, the Hurricanes football camp. I went to Michigan's football camp. I put myself out there showing a willingness to risk who I was and my name to prove I wanted to play at the highest levels. And it worked out. Right, right. Now, you know, when it comes to that quote unquote sponsorship you were just mentioning, I have to ask your opinion on this because, you know, it's crazy the world we're living in. It's, you know, oftentimes you you see every other person that you follow on social media as a speaker and things of that nature. And uh, for someone that wants a sponsorship, would you suggest them doing what you did back then by reaching out as opposed to the response you got back then, which was, hey, you know, if you're good enough, we'll we'll come find you. I'm, I'm curious what you think on that, especially in today's day and age. Oh, man, take every risk, write every letter, Uh, you know, but my biggest thing also is find a mentor. You want to be a speaker, you want to be a a Wall Street person, who's who's teaching you what you don't know? You know, even Peyton Manning has mentors, you know, and playing with Peyton Manning, one of the things I learned, if you're in a 30 minute meeting with Peyton, he's going to ask five questions. How many questions are you asking about what you actually want to do? Financial literacy is important to me. And every time I I speak to people, whether it's a company or or an organization, how many people in here want to be a millionaire? Everybody raises their hands. All right. Well, if you're going to be a millionaire, how many people are doing this? And, you know, how many people have planned for retirement? Only three hands go up out of a room of, you know, 400. How many people know how much money they're going to need per month when they retire? 
only one hand goes up in a room of 400. Well, are you really, are you really trying to be a millionaire? Are you really trying to be financially stable? Do you really want to retire? Cause it looks like you're just saying you're doing, you're not actually doing the work and whether it's in the NFL, that's the difference between you being a champion and you sitting at home or in your life, accomplishing your dreams, do the work, pick up a shovel and dig and, and dig until you can't, in, until there's no other choice, but to get what you want. Right. Listen, and, and Ryan, I think you, you know, you, you piqued my interest right away. You mentioned Peyton, you played with some amazing individuals and listen, you're protecting these people on top of it all. I mean, you played with Cutler, you played with Orton, you played with Tebow, you played with Schaub, you played with, I, I believe even Alex Smith, you mentioned Peyton and I believe yeah. you played with Big Ben on top of it all. Like that is absolutely yep. amazing. Now, you're, you're in meetings with these guys. You're, you know, you're, you're in meetings with them. What do you feel like is the biggest thing you've learned from being in proximity of, you know, such amazing individuals? Be yourself and work hard. You know, Peyton Manning would be ready for the 7 a.m. workout before we even got there in his car, in his gear to work out in. And don't apologize for who you are. You know, I was on teams that, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't have a bunch of friends because I was different. I studied longer. I didn't care about going out on a Thursday night. Well, come to find out the year I won a Super Bowl, I'm with a bunch of guys like that, you know? And so being a champion looks different. It sounds different. And the one thing that Tim Tebow and Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, Alex Smith, one of the things they never did is they never apologized for who they were. They never apologized for how they prepared. It may look funny. Yeah, people want to make jokes about the, the, what Omaha means, but you know what? Everybody knows it. And you know what? Peyton Manning found a way to be successful. Do you think he cares what anybody thinks that he was calling Omaha before the snap of a football? No. Do you think that Ben Roethlisberger cares that people call him Big Ben? No. That's who he is. That's what he does. And that's what makes him great. And all of the greats and all the greats that people don't know don't care what they look like to people who don't want to achieve. Don't care what they sound like to people who are who do not want to reach and be great themselves. And that was the best thing I learned. And that's something that I carry with me every day. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think authenticity and being genuine is huge. And one thing that I always preach on is owning your personal brand. I, I think that's very much so aligned with what you're saying. But I have to ask you, you know, it's so much easier said than done. You know, we, we're so tempted to fit in with trends and do X, Y, and Z because we see ABC doing it, right? So what would be your, you know, your practical advice to someone listening right now when it comes to remaining authentic, being yourself? working hard and not really caring what the naysayers think, you know, being unapologetically you. Build your mindset and do it with the words, I am, I can, I will. I do it all the time. I've done it as a parent. I've done it the night before the Super Bowl. Identify who you are and what you're feeling. I'm happy. I'm angry. I'm excited. I'm nervous. Good. Every, every competition for your favorite athlete you've ever seen was done with nervousness. Steve Jobs didn't just wake up and walk onto the stage and produce and, 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 and introduce the iPhone, right? Nervousness and fear is going to be a part of your life. That's how you know you're living on the edge and you're growing. My, you know, you and I, Matt, we're not going to go and we're not going to hurt. We're not going to feel nervous or fear when we're getting our favorite ice cream, right? We know it's going to happen. We know, you know, when that peppermint bonbon hits your lips, it's going to be delicious, right? But when you're <laughs> reaching, when you're going new places, it's going to be, you're going to be fearful. You're going to have these sensations. Identify them. Speak to yourself. Build some resolve. And then with the words, I can, find out what you can do. Okay, I am around people who think I'm different because I, I am somebody who wants to achieve. I cannot listen to them. I can distance myself from them. I can find other people to hang out with. I can bring up data to prove that what I'm doing was going to lead to success. I can ignore them. I can confront them. I can do all these. And all of a sudden, you've got all these possibilities. And then you finish building your mindset with the words, I will. I will stop hanging out with them. I will warn them one time if they speak to me that way again that there's going to be a confrontation. I will look into books on how to resolve conflicts with people who have different uh, identities and personality types than me. I mean, these are all things that place you in a mindset. It doesn't matter what happens then. And the Kansas City Chiefs told me after I started 15 games for them in my eighth season of the NFL that I had no football left. I chose they were wrong. I am good enough to help a team win a championship. I can prepare and I can be in shape for when a team calls and I will win a championship with whoever calls me this year. The Denver Broncos called me back in my ninth year and it ended up happening. I was in shape. I was ready to go and I was willing and we did win a championship. I'm so glad I didn't listen to the Kansas City Chiefs, who, oh, by the way, I love wearing my ring around now that I didn't have any football left. People are going to be wrong about you all the time. 
That's their fault, not yours. Choose your mindset and go beyond the obstacle of the situation you find yourself in. That is huge, man. And I absolutely love that you are able to wear that ring around them, man. You proved, the, you know, you proved yourself right. And I love that. You know, it's not about proving anyone wrong. It's about proving yourself right. I absolutely love that. Now, you know, talking about your NFL career, this is going to be a selfish question. It's not really business related. It's not really mindset related or anything like that. But I have to know, over your career, who was the absolute most difficult individual on the opposite side of the field to protect the QB from? <laughs> Bill Belichick. You know, you know what I'm saying? Really? He, he would have guys coming from left and right. Uh, but, then, you know, sort of figuring out what he was doing towards the end of my career. I was lucky enough to play them enough times. But, you know, Tom Ali was a defensive end that was really, really good. You know, unfortunately, I was I've played against Vaughn Miller and Demarcus Ware. It's much better to have them as teammates. I'll tell you that. Um, but Demarcus <laughs> Ware, Tamba Ali, Vaughn Miller, I mean, the greats in the NFL, Terrell Suggs. I mean, Terrell Suggs, I had to have a toe surgery because he bull rushed me and my toe popped out of my foot. And then my first game back was against Terrell Suggs, again, in Baltimore at that very same stadium, right? Talk about choosing your mindset. But the greats are chess players. And the greats will, will hold on to their favorite move against you. They'll know what they're going to do against you until the fourth quarter when they got to have it if they need it. There's a saying in boxing, the best punch is the one you don't throw. And sometimes you don't even have to throw that punch. And the other person knows that you've got it. But the fact that you don't have to use it talks about how, how bad you're whooping them right then. So learning how to play the game within the game, to offset, to deceive, to create confusion and chaos, while all the while being in control of myself, my emotions, and my performance, um, that's what I had to do against the DeMarcus Ware, Vaughn Miller, and, and Tom Ali, Terrell Suggs, because those four, man, makes it hard to sleep at night before and after you play those guys. I could only imagine, man. Listen, you, you got an inch on me. I'm 6'4". I know you're 6'5", but I, I can't even imagine going up against these guys. And uh, I'm just glad you shared that because uh, that was a selfish question I had in the back of my mind. I just had to ask you. But, you know, you, you mentioned Suggs injuring you, right? The, the foot injury, the toe injury. You know, you had 10 injuries over the course or 10 surgeries, I should say, over the course of your career. I have to ask you to that point, why did you keep showing back up? Because I could, because no one told me not to, and because I knew I had the ability to continue to play. I love the game of football, man. I love the opportunities it brings. I love comp competition. I mean, when you're in the NFL, especially once you get past your third year, which is what most guys, most guys only last that long, you've got something other people don't have. And that ability to show it to somebody, that ability to, okay, man, you want to go hard and practice, you're not playing, I get it. You want to make a name for yourself, but here we go. I'm going to play you for one play and your ass is in the dirt, and I'm going to knee you in the stomach. I want to make you say get off of me, and then you're going to know that when you play against me, you're playing against a different breed. I love those moments, man. I love the moment in the game when it's the fourth quarter, and we know what the play is, and I know in, over, or in overtime that, hey, if, we, if I get this one block, we're going to win the game. And then sure enough, we call the play. Whoop, we pull to my left and cut down a player who helped the Patriots win a Super Bowl. My running back runs right next to me. I can feel the thumping of his feet right next to me on the turf as he glides into the end zone. Those moments, those are great. Those are great. You can't say what helps you get to those moments, but I'm willing and I did everything to prepare for it. And being in those moments, being in those moments of the unknown and confronting the confrontation that's in front of you, confronting your fears, overcoming them, that's something that I loved. And something until my 10th year, I didn't want to leave. But my 10th year in the NFL, it just changed for me. My passion for the game I loved changed. And once it changed, I didn't want to cheat the game. And I wanted to leave, and I wanted to leave a little earlier than I thought I could. I probably could have played a few more years, but I just didn't want to do that to my family. Matt, we moved 18 times in five years, had two kids. I've since had a third. I wanted to be home for my kids. I want to teach my kids how to laugh, how to dance, how to, how to live. And I couldn't do those things any longer playing in the NFL. And I'd done everything I came to do. Right. I think that's a, you know, a really remarkable trait. Something I admire you for is, you know, the, the fact that you're a family man. I really, really love that. So, you know, I guess, you know, you kind of just hit the nail on the head right there. You, you, you piqued my interest on something else, you know, talking about retirement. You know, how did you handle the transition or, or that process? Because oftentimes, as individuals, we, we shy away from change. You know, we, we know what we know. We, we like to be comfortable, things of that nature. So what was that like for you? Was it easier because you knew that, you know, your passion for the game changed and you wanted to be with your family? Or was it still a difficult process? 
Oh, it's extremely difficult. And anybody who tells you otherwise probably is lying to you about how personal your identity gets to something you do. And I prepared and I'd kind of had some things before I even retired lined up. And it was still hard. It was hard to not have the same schedule as guys. And it was hard not to talk to guys who I built these relationships with. It was, it was hard. One of the things I had to figure out, I liked working out. I forgot that I'd been forced to work out uh, for the last, you know, 17 years of my life because of being in football. But I actually loved working out. Well, what can I do now? I still got to get that, make that part of my day. You know, what parts, you know, that first Sunday not playing football, that was awesome. And it was good to feel that way. And one of the things I love doing is I love wearing sweatpants on Sundays. So, you know, it's learning little things like that. But I also just dove in. You know, I dove into broadcasting. Gary Kubiak, head coach of the Texans and Broncos when I was there, he said, guys who are successful in retirement get started with something and they get started fast. You know, my thing is knowledge is never wasted. So go ahead, throw yourself into something. It's great if you don't like it because then you know something. I, I took an internship when I was in the NFL at CU Boulder in their academics department, and I wanted to see if I wanted to be in compliance. Turns out I didn't. So glad I spent six weeks doing a job that I couldn't stand because then I learned that I didn't want to do that. Of course, just going to college and then figuring that out. So knowledge never goes unwasted and neither does effort. So throw yourself behind something. Forgive yourself, too, for making mistakes and learning about who you are. But put, your place, put yourself in places that are new and uncomfortable and have fun with the growth. Right. It, it all ties into the fact, you know, that, you know, how you were mentioning earlier, your definition of success in ninth grade and it, it translated throughout your whole life is just trying new things. So I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, you sharing that and, and seeing how everything is connected. It's really amazing. And to the point of the, the 10 seasons, and, and then I want to transition more personal Ryan stuff. I want to know what you feel like your greatest lesson was from the game over the course of those 10 seasons. Wow. Work harder than any anyone you've ever met work harder than anyone you've ever met uh that's part one thing i learned and then also failure is not fatal i mean one of the things i had a coach who after practice said hey ron we're gonna need more from you this was after the second set of six straight days of two and a half hours of fully padded brutal practices and i was livid with him but you know what i found a place to dig deeper and, and one of the places that i learned to find that deep that depth was from positivity and just choosing to be positive in the face of adversity. Okay, we lost a game. What did we learn? Okay, I lost on that play. But what did I learn? What can I do? What can I do next to make sure that doesn't happen? These are all things that I've taken with me from the NFL that I use every day. I love that. That's huge, man. Uh, one of my favorite books is actually by Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking. It's a, uh, you know, oh, hearing that, it, it always brings me back to that book because at the end of the day, it, it's you know, it would be a lie if I said I was always positive, you know, so I definitely appreciate you sharing that. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think that's absolutely huge. And I, I just brought up a book and I have to shamelessly plug your book here. I, I want to learn more about your book, Mindset for Mastery. What compelled you to write that book? Well, you know, why did you feel like it was time for you to put out this book? You know, one of the things when you win the Super Bowl, everything you believe about yourself comes true for other people. And I want other people to have that moment of their life. I want people to know that they can go for it, that their obstacles that they're facing, that the people that they're surrounding themselves with, even though they may love you or you may love them, may not be the people who are going to help you succeed. And one of the things I always tell people, we talk about failure less than we talk about sex. And we give each other tools to overcome failure even less. So let's talk about some of the times that I failed. Yeah, you, can, you, you may read Nordin graduate Super Bowl champion, but that, that's not the story. The story is how I got knocked out of my shoes in, in college in my first practices, and I had to find a way to get on the football field and how I failed time and time again in the NFL to win a championship. But thank God I didn't give up after eight years in the NFL so I could win it my ninth and be a part of one of the greatest teams that I've ever been a part of. So encouraging other people to go for it, reminding them that failure is the most common thread in every success story is something that I love doing. and I love creating that impact. And in writing Mindset for Mastery, I was really able to give some of these points that I've spoken about to people and some who I may not ever meet. 
So, Ryan, I have to ask, what are you most proud of? And the reason I ask this is because I'm listening to you, man. I'm literally sitting here taking notes. I love everything you're saying has resonated with me on a super high level. And listen, I have no reason to butter you up. I'm, you know, I'm saying that because I actually mean it. You know, you you talk about family, you talk about, you know, mindset and positivity and things of that nature. You you launched a book, you won a ring. Like, what is it that you're most proud of? I'm most proud that I never gave up. I never that I didn't succumb to my fears, you know, and that's an, and that and that carries Matt through all aspects of my life. I'm glad I didn't quit when I wanted to go home the first night I went to Notre Dame when I got kicked out of my cleat, as I mentioned in practice. I'm so glad and thankful that I didn't quit asking a, a beautiful woman for her number because I hadn't found love yet. It turns out that was my wife. Now we have three kids and laugh every day. I mean, we just push through when you push through and go beyond your failures, your fears. That just creates the life you actually want. And I'm proudest that I've gone beyond every time I've doubted myself or what I wanted to do or the outcome and just believed in myself being present and, and in the process I was creating. And that, and that again, is, it has affected me in every aspect of my life. Right, right. That's huge, man. So, Ryan, you've given us a ton of advice, and I'm really grateful for all that you've shared thus far. I have to ask you a few more questions, very much so personal Ryan stuff, and I think we already started that by asking you what you're most proud of, but I have to ask you, what was the best piece of advice you were given, who gave it to you, and why did they give it to you? Man, that is a phenomenal question. You know, there's two things that come to mind. Uh, you know, one, my father told me, Hey, why don't you get invested in stocks? You know, start investing in stocks when uh, I was done with my rookie year. And it was, and I was so bored because in college, you still got class, you got workouts, but in the NFL, if you don't make the playoffs, you ain't got nothing to do for three months. So I was super bored. I called my pops. He's like, why don't you get into books, cigars, and stocks? And I did that. And it's been remarkable. And then especially as an African American male, you know, I had a great, great dean of students who told me hey ryan never let being black be your problem let it be somebody else's problem and that's pushed me through more uncomfortable isolated situations in my life than i care to recount and just having that mindset that if someone has a problem with me and what i'm doing and what i want to accomplish provided i'm not hurting someone right or or being being a a richard right uh, that that's their problem and just giving me the, the, the mindset that I can allow other people to have issues with me but not stop me from accomplishing what I want uh, has been incredibly powerful and has allowed me to go to places that I otherwise would not have gone. I love that. Now, Ryan, what's your favorite type of cigar? Man, you know, my boy Nick Malilo at the foundation, uh, they have a great cigar called the Guinese. Man, I'm a, uh, I'm a Gurkha natural guy and I love me some Oliva. So it's kind of whatever the mood is. You know what I'm saying? But uh, Victory Cigars have been a part of my life for a while. It's bad for my health. It's bad for your health. Don't do it. But uh, I love me some cigars, my friend. (laughs) I hear that. That's why I had to ask. I'm a cigar guy every now and then. My dad's huge on it. So I'm always curious what people are, you know, smoking. So that's good to hear. Now, back to the topic of advice. What was a piece of advice that you didn't want to hear at the time it was given to you, but proved to be true over time? Yeah, somebody, uh, I started a home health company while I was in the NFL. And somebody close to me said, you know, you really shouldn't start a business while you're in the NFL. And I was like, well, now you tell me this. I've got everything going already. I can't stop. So I'm just going to go for it. Well, I ended up losing a quarter of a million dollars because of it. So being able to just listen, and that taught me a lot, right? I mean, some people go to college for MBA, you know, get an MBA for $250,000. Well, I, I went to the school of hard knocks for that one. And the one thing it taught me was to listen to people who have been in the positions I've been in and not everybody's trying to, you know, squash my dreams. So that was a, a piece of advice I really wish I'd have listened to. So let me ask you this, you know, throughout this whole talk right here, you know, you were mentioning trying things, right? And that goes all the way back to high school. So, you know, how do you judge what is worth trying and what is not worth trying? So for instance, you just mentioned a business that cost you a quarter of a million dollars. That's a shit ton of money. Um, I'm sure we would all (laughs) like to have that back, right? But how would you judge the two? Because, um, you know, there are two sides of the spectrum. So I'm curious what you have to say there. Well, you know, especially when it came to business, I wasn't actually trying, right? I mean, I was, I was in the NFL trying to run a business. That's not, you cannot run multiple businesses at the same time. Now, sure, there's going to be some people who can do that, 
you know, um, but where is that line with their, with their other goals, you know, and, and one of my, one of my financial goals is to stay out of, out of debt and drawing down on cash reserves is, is unwise investing in stable investments, building an investment strategy, knowing that if I'm going to invest in something, I want income in year one would have helped me from making that decision. So really flushing out your idea but then also realizing when it's time to give up. I mean, there are multiple places and multiple warrior cultures that talk about the strength of letting go. And I had to let go of something that I, that became personal when it came to the home health company. I wanted to prove that I could start a business, that I could have a successful business, but I wasn't spending more than 30 minutes there per week, you know? So uh, I wasn't really trying and I had to be honest with my efforts. And had I been earlier, I probably would have only lost $15,000 and just being unwilling to notice where my actual time and where my perceived time was going and would have saved me greatly. And that's something that you can really take for yourself. I mean, if, if you are actively spending your time behind being the best writer or parent or family member or salesperson, then does that actually match up with what you're doing in the day? If you're not reading, learning, and trying new things to better that, are, are you actually going after that goal? So actual time versus perceived time would have really made a difference for me. And that's how I always talk with people about, hey, is this really your goal? Is this actually what you're going after? It's okay if it's not, but make sure that you understand that you have a goal that you're not really working towards. And in my case, it cost me a lot of money. Right, right. I definitely appreciate your transparency on that. And I appreciate the clarity you just provided with all of us. So that's great to hear. Now, a a couple more questions for you, Ryan. The first one being, what is a question that you wish more people would ask you? And how would you answer it? Oh, man. Oh, question people would ask me. What can I? Oh, man what can I do to be financially stable? And yeah, and I would answer, what are your financial goals? Because so often we can create leverage. There were two times in the NFL, right? I dictated my terms to NFL teams who had to meet me in in their prices. One time it it made me, uh, you know, two more million dollars with with a team that said, hey, we're going to offer you this. I said, I'll go home. I was only able to do that because I had financial stability. And we do not, we comprehend even myself uh, all of the ways in which financial stability can benefit every aspect of your life and we so often want to buy the new car we've always wanted to buy the the watch the extra pair of shoes the the vacation home or how many cars can you drive at the same time i can only drive one but i want to buy two and all these things are choices we make that really affect the aspects of our life and apply pressure where it doesn't need to be applied so I wish more people asked, what can I do to be financially free? So I could ask them, what are your financial goals? So people could start thinking about that with the money that they make every day. Right, right. And clearly it provided you leverage within that situation that, you know, you you would just mention to us. So I definitely appreciate that. I think that's huge. Now, you also mentioned, you know, buying that extra pair of shoes or buying that second car. So what would be your advice to someone that's listening right now that is seeking that financial advice? How do you or what would you tell them when it comes down to maybe splurging on something like that? If you can't pay cash, you can't afford it. If you can't pay cash, you can't afford it. And you know what? Don't be shy about that because 99% of the people who you're going to tell that to can't afford it either. You know, we can't afford things we buy all the time. And I bet you if if we saw, instead of a license plate, the percentage that somebody owned their vehicle uh, anytime we're on the highway, we'd see a lot of different types of vehicles, right? People lie all the time with money. So don't try and lie with them. If you can't buy it in cash, and then you can't afford it. And you know what? That's okay. You can build a way to afford it. It's going to take some time, but those efforts never go wasted. You think about it, Matt. You, have you ever been upset that you saved some money? Have you ever been like, dang, I really wish I didn't save that 200 bucks, that 100 bucks, that $2,000, right? That doesn't happen. But how many times now have you been like, man, I really wish I didn't spend that $200? But we always play in that area of spending instead of saving or creating new income for ourselves. So, If you can't buy it with cash, you can't afford it. And that's okay. 
I love that. I, I like the way you said it. I also like the way Jay-Z said it. Jay-Z said something along the lines of, if you can't buy it twice, you can't afford it. So um, that, that resonates with me on a really, really high level. I've definitely been there. When, <laughs> I, when it comes to saving, man, at the end of the day, I, I mean, I paid for my own college. You know, it took me seven years to graduate. Yeah. My parents told me that, you know, you're done. You're not getting, you know, we're not paying no more tuition. So I had to pay for my own college. If I didn't have money saved, I would have been never, you know, get out of college, which would have never... Uh, allowed me the opportunity to work with Damon John of Shark Tank, so on and so forth. So, man, that, that, that hits home. And I hope that everyone that's listening to this right now understands how important that advice is right there. Like, that is key. That is key. So, Ryan, last question for you, man. I want to respect your time. I know you're a busy man. If someone came up to you right now, you know, you're hopping in an Uber, you're getting on a plane, you're going somewhere, you're crunch for time. If someone came up to you in that moment, seeking a piece of advice to achieve their own definition of success, what would you tell them? Travel, get out of the country, go somewhere, see something different. We are so boxed in with our surroundings and environment that we fail to comprehend the many ways in which people find happiness around the world. Travel, Get out of your own shoes for a moment and then come back and find out what you want. That is such a unique answer. I mean, this is like past our 100th episode. I've never heard that before. So I got to ask you, what is your favorite place to travel to? Hey, man, you know, uh, I'm a beach dude, you know what I'm saying? Uh, But I went to Barcelona and that was incredible. Uh, I've been to Havana, Cuba. I highly recommend that for anyone. But just to be a stranger, I mean, even when I, I did a speech in Toronto and I like taking the, the transit because I got to rely on somebody else to be kind and just being a stranger somewhere, not speaking the language, learning what other people eat. Um, you know, it's such a true benefit. And you know what else you do, too, when you're stripped away from all of your comfort that we talked about earlier, you really find out what you miss. You may not miss driving. You may not miss seeing these friends or being in a relationship that you're in. And now you come back, you've got all this, you got all this knowledge that you didn't have before. Right. That is huge, man. Barcelona is beautiful, by the way. I haven't been there for more than 24 hours. I was there for a layover, but I made sure that my layover was extended. So I had about 12 hours there and I had some paella, hit the beach, yeah. you know, seen around. I went to the Sagrada Familia, which was beautiful, man. It's a beautiful spot. I, I, I definitely will be back, and that's awesome. I'm definitely going to check out Havana, the, too. So, And the siesta is real. You found that out in Spain, too. The siesta is real. <laughs> Well, I, I was there for a bachelor party, which was crazy. I was there. Uh, I mean, I did 15 <laughs> days. I did 15 days in Europe and it, it, uh, part of it, bulk of it was in Ibiza, which was uh, wild, wild. Times. Yeah. <laughs> Good awesome. for you. Travel. See, travel. I bet you learned something. Well, listen, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more because after that trip, I spent 15 days in Europe. And by the time I got back in three months, I quit my job with Damon John, my, my first job out of college, which was, you know, a crazy step. So I couldn't agree with you more, man. It, it changes you. It, you. You grow tremendously. Like you said, you know, you, you understand your values better. You understand what, you know, what you love, what you dislike, all things of that nature. So it's absolutely crucial for people to get out there, see the world. Um, honestly, man, Europe is, phenomenal if i if i were to travel anywhere today with no strings attached no money involved no nothing it would be to europe man it, it, it's absolutely amazing yeah and anywhere and anywhere anyone goes man you learn something and and you and you learn something about yourself exactly exactly now ryan let me ask you this where can people keep up with you on social any special projects you have going on let's hear it yeah i mean you can always check out the website ryanharris68.com I'm on uh, Instagram, Ryan Harris underscore 68. Uh, that's where you're going to get kind of the live look in. And then uh, on Twitter at Salams underscore from underscore 68. Uh, I'm out, and I'm always a resource. So reach out to me. I'm happy to help, happy to be a resource, happy to connect. Uh, you know, we the people can create great change in our own lives and in the lives of others. And I'm here for all of it. So let's do it. I love it. Ryan, thank you again, man. I'm really grateful for all the advice you dropped. Truly do appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for breaking down success for others, my man. And congrats on your success, brother. Can't wait to see what's next. 
I appreciate it, man. Boom, and there it is, straight from Ryan Harris himself. A whole ton of fire, a whole ton of amazing insights, knowledge, wisdom, all of that great content, man. I am really grateful for this. So Ryan, first and foremost, man, if you're tuned into this, really, really grateful for you hopping on here and dropping all of this. It is truly, truly something that is bolstering our community. And to the point of our community, I have to ask our community members that are tuned into this right now, specifically you, the one listening, you need to make sure you're connecting with Ryan on social. All of his social links can be found in the show notes of this episode. So literally just the click away from an amazing resource. And remember, Ryan did say he wants to be a resource to you. So make sure you're reaching out to him. Let him know that you heard him here on Decoding Success and let him know how he can be of value to you directly. I think that's such a powerful tool that you now have access to because you listened to this episode. So make sure you are taking advantage of it. As always, I already asked you to make sure you're connecting with Ryan on social. I have three points, and yes, three is rather difficult, so we might be changing this going into the new year, but I have three points that really stood out to me that I want to elaborate on just a little bit more, and the first one comes down to recognizing the distractions that are in your life. This is rather challenging for me, which is why I was trying to gain some clarity you know, as to how to do that. Of course, I understand that social media could be distracting, things of that nature, but Ryan hit the nail on the head. People can also be distracting. There are ways for you to understand what those distractions are your life and especially going into the new year it's something that we need to evaluate in every single one of ourselves including myself including ryan including you we all need to do this we need to understand what is not serving us anymore what is not helping us grow what is not propelling us to the new heights in our life what is not helping us get to those goals right those are the type of things that we need to eliminate and those distractions can be truly 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 detrimental to our growth so it's so important to understand what those distractions are first is identifying them. You got to get real with yourself. You got to understand what those are. And when Ryan said that, I, I really had to step away and understand what those were for me. And I'm glad I was able to do so. Now that I've identified them, I can implement a plan as to how I could strategically remove them one by one from my life. Because at the end of the day, I wish I could take giant leaps all the time. But sometimes taking that small little incremental baby step is what really needs to happen. So understand that this isn't a process that's going to happen overnight in the snap of a finger. It's something that might take some time, but just understand that it is something that can be done and it's something that really, really needs to be done. Now, the second point is simply just try shit. Like literally get out there and try, try, try. Never, ever, ever get too content with what you currently have access to in life because at the end of the day, we really do have access to a whole lot more than we think. Like if you want to try new food, if you want to try Thai, if you want to try vegan, if you want to travel to a new country, if you want to do something of that nature, you want to learn coding, Like all of these things are something that you should be trying. Whatever your desires are, try them. Act on those desires. I beg of you to do so because at the end of the day, I want you to live to your absolute fullest potential. I want you to live an optimal life. I want you to, you know, when the maker's day comes, I don't want you to, you know, get there and be like, holy shit, like I didn't do what I wanted to do. I don't want that for you. I want you to live your life the way that you want. So make sure you are trying shit. And listen, when you try it, you might find out that you hate it, but on the flip side of it, you might find out that you freaking love it. And right there, right there, when you find out that you love it, that is exactly what you're going for. And the third point that I want to point out is something that really stood out to me. In fact, when you're talking to someone that's been in proximity of many champions, someone that is a champion himself, you want to understand the mentality and the mindset. And I think Ryan hit the nail on the head. The championship mentality, that winner's mentality, is all about studying. That championship mentality, that winner's mentality is all about understanding that you can party when you're able to celebrate after you've accomplished something. That winner's mentality, that championship mentality is understanding how to be prepared for what you are getting into. And Ryan alluded to this in such a unique way, talking about Peyton Manning being ready for a 7 a.m. workout with all of his gear on in his car, ready to go. Ryan pointed out and alluded to this in another way by saying that he was an individual that wanted to study, yet oftentimes he was surrounded by people that weren't studying and he was kind of outcasted in that sense. But then when he got to a championship team, he realized that other people around him were studying. So he fit in. And right there, right then and there in his life, he realized that was the championship mentality, right? Preparation, all of those types of things. It is absolutely incredible. And you realize this and it goes hand in hand with point one of recognizing distractions. Who's asking you to go out and party? And listen, partying's not bad. Trust me. I made plenty of money partying for seven plus years of my life, right? But at the end of the day, who's asking you 
and pulling you to go out on a weekly basis when you know damn well that you might have a side hustle that you should be committed to on a Friday night instead of going out. On a Saturday, you want to be waking up early, getting in the gym, getting your laundry done, getting the shit done that you need to get done. But who's distracting you from doing that? So I, I think point one of recognizing distractions and point three of having and understanding what a championship mentality is and being surrounded by individuals like that go hand in hand. And I really love how synchronized those points were right there. So again, just to recap very briefly, point one is make sure you're recognizing your distractions. We all have them. Be realistic with yourself. First, identify them and take small incremental steps after you utilize a plan or implement a plan to start removing them from your life. Point two is make sure you're trying shit. Get out there. Act on your desires. Do you want to learn how to code? Do you want to learn how to graphic you know, graphically designed images. Whatever the case is, make sure you are doing what you desire. At least try it to identify if you like it, love it, or hate it. Thirdly, understand there is a championship mentality and you have the ability to tap into it by tapping into resources just like this right here, the Decoding Success Podcast, by reaching out to Ryan on social media, connecting with him, letting him be a resource to you, letting him add value to your life directly. I think that is an absolutely incredible thing that you have to take up. And to that point, listen, this is impossible without our partner. So I want to give a huge shout out to Jen M. If you are a business owner, you're thinking about getting into business, I highly suggest teaming up with Jen M. And what I mean by that is letting Jen M provide you with a remote intern, someone that could be added to your team to help take the weight off your shoulders. I have been using this at my agency, 1B Branding, and honestly, I am so grateful to promote this product to you or this database, I should say, because it was an absolute game changer and it still is to this day. Even though I have team members, I still have interns that work on a remote basis that are helping us get shit done. If you are interested in checking out Jen M, you could literally just head over to the show notes of this episode, right where you can find all of Ryan's social links. Click Gen M. You're going to be directed right to their database. This is super effective and affordable. And when I say affordable, I'm talking about less than $200 per quarter. I'll say that again, less than $200 per quarter to have an intern working with you for 10 hours a week. It is an absolute no brainer. You're going to get that intern for 90 days. You get to do all the vetting, all the interviewing, all of that good stuff is on you. So you are in full control. You're the one driving the ship. And lastly, a huge shout out to our partner, Remo. We have a new partner. We have teamed up with an amazing virtual platform to let businesses or organizations get people together on a virtual basis. Personally, my team and I have used Remo, the Remo platform, their virtual space to host a nationwide, which actually turned into a worldwide networking event. It is an absolutely incredible, yet very affordable tool for you to access, tool for you to utilize to your advantage, get connected with more people on a national basis. If you have a team that works remotely or you have a team that has different offices in different places throughout the country or the world, wherever, this is your platform to connect them. There are other platforms out there that are great, but when you see Remo, I promise you, you are going to be blown away just like we were. If you want to check out Remo, all you have to do is head to the show notes again of this episode, right where you could find the link to Gen M, right where you can find Ryan's social handles. Click the link. You'll be directed to their website where you can see all of their great stuff. Super effective, super affordable, and super, super, super new school. I highly suggest checking it out. And to that point, everyone, I truly appreciate you tuning into yet another episode of the Decoding Success Podcast. Until next week, everyone, be blessed. Peace.